This morning's Mother's Day passage is taken from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 1, verses 28 to 38. We'd like to read 11 verses responsively this morning. Allow me to begin reading in verse number 28. Now we'll read the succeeding even-numbered verses. Would you please read with me the five odd-numbered verses, beginning with verse number 27. And as always, in respect to the reading of the Word of God, if you're able to stand once again, I invite you to stand. Luke chapter 1. Verses 28 through 38, and reading responsively. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she had saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's make our prayer. Now, Heavenly Father, Spirit of God, I pray for each mother that's within the sound of this voice this morning that you'd bless them in a great way this morning. Lord, bless the hearer of the word of God as well. Lord, bless the rest of our service together as we examine your wonderful word regards to blessed mothers, we ask, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I think of young moms. Uh, my mother was uh, 24, and she had four kids already. My, uh, myself, obviously, and three of my siblings, and another one that came late in life, of course, and I'm, I'm sure we didn't, we didn't have that issue. We, had, uh, we ate on a regular basis. Uh, we ate mashed potatoes all the time and eggs all the time. I never knew why we ate mashed potatoes and eggs all the time, but it could have been because my grandfather lived next door and he was an egg farmer, a chicken farmer, and, uh, and raised potatoes, of course. So that's probably uh, what, what that was all about. Mary also was a young mother. We believe that she was a teenager when uh, she first had the Lord Jesus Christ. Then according to Matthew 13, she had at least six other kids, so she had at least seven children, of course, uh, obviously the other six by Joseph. But our text verse on this Mother's Day, this is a Christmas passage normally we think of, but our text verse is verse number 38 of Luke chapter 1, and the Bible says, and Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. 
Our purpose for gathering this morning, as every Sunday morning, is always, there's always the main reason, and that is to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, and we want to do that this morning. But this morning, on this Mother's Day, obviously, we all, our second purpose is to honor mothers, honor blessed mothers. When I think of the Lord Jesus, and you go back in your, your text to a very familiar portion of Scripture we normally think of at Christmas time, and we begin the reading in verse 28, and I'm not going to read it for, again, sake of time, but the Bible does say in verse 28, And the angel came in unto her, that's Mary, of course, and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Latin Vulgate, for whatever it's worth, uh, uses, translates highly favored, which is the word favored for charis, or the word grace, and they, they translate it full of grace. Hence, uh, a certain prayer that many of you know that uh, you grew up with uh, from a certain religion, uh, Hail Mary, full of grace. We see this word favored again later on in verse number three. And it's interesting, there's two things that Lord, Lord Jesus and the Blessed Mother Mary have in common. First of all, they're both misunderstood. And this is not on the worksheet, but I just want a way of introduction. Christ is, first of all, he's the only Savior. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's not one of the Saviors. He's the only Savior. And Mary, we're going to exalt Mary this morning here, of course, but Mary was, was is misunderstood because she, she too was a sinner, as we're going to find out. But she was most blessed of all women that have ever been born, we're going to find out. So both are misunderstood. Christ and Mary are both misunderstood. Both have been maligned. Christ receives mockery millions of times every day, probably into the billions of times his name is held in derision, his name is used in cursing. Mary receives merit. She's held in exaltation. There's churches that are called Mary, Queen of the Universe Catholic Church. There's churches that uh, exalt Mary in, their, in the name of their church even. And uh, we want to exalt, we want to lift up Mary, but Mary would shudder to think that anybody would ever worship her. Jesus and the Blessed Mother are both, another thing that's similar about the two of them, is they're, they're both not missed until needed. How many people wait till they need the Lord until, and I have to be careful here, but I find that I get called to pray, and I'm thankful for this opportunity many times. I usually get called to pray for people when they're on their deathbed, and it's like, I appreciate that. I, please, if your loved one, you get on your deathbed, I, I would I'd be honored if you called me, but it might be good to pray, have Jesus, to pray for Jesus uh, when your life as well as in your death, of course. Uh, Jesus is... Uh, not missed until he's needed, and blessed mothers are not missed oftentimes until they're needed. Another similarity between Jesus and mothers are oftentimes they're only remembered on special occasions. We'll talk about Mother's Day here in just a moment here in detail near the end of the, our short message this morning. But many Christians only think of Jesus, of course, on special occasions, and of course, I'm referring, of course, to Christmas and Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday. But one other similarity between blessed moms and the Lord Jesus Christ is I ask you this question about mom especially. Where would you be without mom? The answer is you wouldn't be. <laughs> and uh, where would you be without Christ? For in him we live and move and have our being. And so Mary, we could preach a message on the blessed mother, but I want to preach a message on blessed mothers. And I know that I'm speaking to a lot of mothers, a lot of grandmothers, and and I don't want to leave out single ladies or ladies that have never been married or ladies that have been married and don't have children. But I think of especially blessed mothers this morning. And I draw your attention one more time to verse number 28 as we begin this morning. 
The Bible says, and the, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among women. And I want to deal with the subject of blessed mothers this morning. I just have four little simple points. What makes a blessed and truly a mother truly blessed? Number one, back in verses 26 and 27, it refers to, in fact, let me just read it to you. It says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused, in, to, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house and lineage of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. They were married, but they were, we would think of it as engaged. They just had not come together yet. And I want you to notice that Mary was blessed because of, first of all, her, because of her belief. Blessed mothers have a belief, or excuse me, or behavior, excuse me, because of her behavior or her service. And I want you to notice three things about her behavior or service and where she served at. First of all, she lived in an ordinary place. In fact, I've now had the privilege of being to live or visiting Nazareth. And I not, I'm making just a small embellishment when I say, when I was in Nazareth, it reminded me of Torrington, Connecticut. <laughs> it's a valley town, but there's hills all around it. And we went to the precipice where the traditionally is the hill, the precipice where they, they claim that Jesus was, um, they took him up after, after he was in the synagogue of Nazareth and they wanted to throw him over the cliff, remember? So we were able to look down into Nazareth. Nazareth was an ordinary place. It still is to this day. In fact, it's a dirty town. I mean, literally, quite frankly, dirty. Uh, we didn't get to travel too much through just in and out uh, with the tour bus, of course, but I could tell it had its bad section of town. In Jesus' day, it was a military town. It was a town of vice. And Nazareth was... Uh, uh, not a famous place, of course. Nobody would know where Nazareth is today if it wasn't for the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ grew up there. It was a place of a, with a, more than its fair share of sin. Now, I want to make an application to Blessed Moms this morning. Whether you live in Harrington or Burlington or Torrington or New Hartford, you're living in just a real... It's, I hate to tell you this here, but I'm being from the Midwest. I never heard of any of our towns that we now live in when I grew up out in Ohio. Of course, we're not famous. We're not on the map. Nobody knows our, our neck of the woods, shall we say, other than us Connecticutites or maybe us New, New Englanders from the southern New England, of course. Mary came from a no-name place, but um, she, didn't, she didn't raise her son in the palace. Everybody already knows uh, Archie. I heard the other day he was named after a cat, supposedly. I'm talking about Harry and Megan's kid, uh, first son, and uh, the whole world knows about Archie. Here is Lord Jesus. He grew up in this city of Nazareth, and he just grew up as a regular child as such, yet without sin, which is a miracle in and of itself, of course. But I want you to know that Mary was, grew up in an in a out-of-the-way place, a place that nobody even knew about. When I was a teenage boy, I, was, uh, I had a lawn mowing job. I mowed the Union Cemetery in Rock Creek, Ohio. Now, Rock Creek is a population, if you Google it, you'll find it'll be a population of about 586 people. There's one, New Hartford has two red lights, Rock Creek has one, just to give you an idea. And I mowed the cemetery 
plot. I think I made, hey, teenagers, by the way, I, minimum wage was big back in those days. I think I made a dollar an hour that was with my lawnmower and my gas. And I was, uh, I was a trim guy around all the cemetery, the grave sites. And so I trimmed, I didn't know where at the time, but Lomira Chafer's cemetery plot. Lomira Chafer had three sons. She was born in 18, or excuse me, her one son was born in 1872. His name was Lewis. He grew up in Little Rock Creek, Ohio. And uh, when he was 11 years old, his daddy would die. Thomas Chafer would die. And uh, in 1915, Lomira Chafer would die. She raised three kids uh, from, uh, uh, by herself with no welfare, no, no food stamps in those days, no uh, government aid. She took care of these three kids. Her one little boy went off to a place called Dallas. He started something called the Dallas Theological Seminary, which today, for I know many of you don't know who that is, but there's two preachers within miles of right here that are preacher from Dallas Theological Seminary that I know of. It's probably the Harvard of, of evangelical schools, of course. And his protege by the name of uh, Charles Ryrie said of Lewis Perry Chafer that he's probably the greatest theologian of the 20th century. Grew up in Little Rock Creek, Ohio. He was raised by a single mom, Lomira, who nobody even knows about today. But God can do great things with a mother and even in an out-of-the-way place. And you may not know Lewis Perry Chafer, but you know Charles, uh, Chuck Swindoll, you know some names. There's been tens of thousands of preachers that have graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary uh, through these last 80 or so years or so. But I want you to know she grew up in an out-of-the-way place. She grew up not only that with an out-of-the-way place, but look at verse 27. The Bible says again that she was a virgin. I have to be careful here, but I want you to know the Bible came to her because she kept herself pure, or the angel came to her and she was pure. God honors purity. It's a good thing. Uh, be careful here. I'm trying to be as nice as I can be this morning here, but I want you to know there is a reason why most ladies wear white when they come down in a wedding aisle. It's supposed to symbolize something. And God, uh, and there was a day in our country, I know it's a long time ago, but there was a day in our country when we understood the, the, the vows of purity. And of course, the Bible says, Hebrews 13, 4, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. She was pure before her, before her coming together with Joseph and, the, and after. Of course, she was pure. Marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled, of course. And, and children are a gift from the Lord. And so she was, she was pure, but... Uh, secondly, or thirdly, I want you to notice that she, in her behavior, she considered herself first, verse number 38, our text verse, to be a handmaid, to be a servant of the Lord. Among, before she was anything, now today she's eulogized, now today she's, she's magnified to a height greater than she would want to have, of course. But she was a servant, and blessed moms are, are happy servants. And uh, they follow their, their master, the Lord Jesus Christ, who he said, whosoever be chief among you, let him be servant of all. And so the key to happiness for the mother, the godly mother, is understanding servanthood, the key to joy, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. And that's the key to a, a, a serving a joyous mother. And some are 
some ladies, some men, a lot of men, pardon me, lady, or men, this is Mother's Day, Ladies' Day, so we get picked on. Ladies, I got to be easy on you, of course. But there's a lot of people that are full of sloth. Many are not here today because there are many not in church, period, because they're, they're slothful. Many are all about self. Everything about them comes first. But a blessed mother is all about service. She puts the Lord first in her life, and Mary, no doubt, put Lord Jesus first in her life. So Mary was a blessed mother, an example of what a blessed mother is because of her behavior, but not only because of her behavior, but verses 46 of chapter 1 of Luke. Look what it says. It says, and the spirit, excuse me, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Notice she called God her Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. In verse number 46, I meant to read that. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Blessed mothers believe, they confess several things. They confess, first of all, that God, was, God is their Savior. Now, notice that she said, God, my Savior. It's one thing to believe in God, but the devils believe also in tremble, remember. There are many people that confuse and think that they're, they're a Christian or they're on their way to heaven because they believe in God. It's good that you believe in God. You have to believe in God to go to heaven. But she believed in God, her Savior, there's one Savior, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. And that she believed, first of all, she confessed that God was her Savior, that Christ was her Savior. By the way, only sinners need a Savior. If you don't, if you don't believe you're a sinner, you can't be saved. So God was her Savior. Then verse 37 of our text, the Bible says, For with God nothing shall be uh, impossible. I want you to notice that uh, she couldn't, in the previous verses, she said, how can these things be? She was blown away. And she confessed, said, secondly, that God could use her. Do you believe God can use you this morning? God can use you where you're at, in the place you're at, in the, uh, the situation that you're in, he can use you. And the, you've heard the phrase oftentimes, I mean, the greatest Greatest calling, I mean, this smacks against the feminist movement for the last 50 years, but the greatest calling of a, of a mother is to raise their child for the glory of God. It's a great honor, of course, to raise a child, to bring another life into the world, of course. But she believed that God, she confessed that God could use her. And you've heard the phrase, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. In France's history, monarchical history, they had 69 kings, and, all, and three were raised exclusively by their mothers. It's no coincidence that the three greatest chronicled kings of the kingdom of uh, uh, the, the, the nation of France were those three, three sons who were raised by their mother. So single moms can raise children as well. God called, and we'll be on Father's Day here in a few weeks, of course, and we'll eulogize and talk about fathers, of course, in a positive light. But here is, uh, we know about Mary as well, that we don't know when, but we know that Joseph evidently died somewhere in the childhood, and maybe the, it was after Jesus was 12, but somewhere along the line, between 12 and 30, we see no more picture of Joseph. We think he died. Mary raised those, the rest of those kids herself. We get to verse 43 of chapter 1, and the Bible says in verse 43, 
For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded, or excuse me, verse 43, and whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord, this is Elizabeth speaking, should come to me. Verse number 45, and blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her, her from the Lord. Let her see on our worksheet, and the, the belief system that she confessed was that, that God, Christ, was in her. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Every blessed mother needs Christ in her life. And we can't do, ladies, you, you can't be a good mother, you can't be a good, good wife without the Lord helping you. With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You, God can equip you, with Christ in you, you can be a godly mother. And, you, and so she confessed that God was her Savior, that God could use her, that God was in her, or Christ was in her. But then verses 31 to 35, this is the, one of the classic Classic passages in regards to what we normally think of the nativity or the raising of Christ, of course. Verse number 31, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the the house of Jacob forever, and over this kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this thing be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall be upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Notice that Mary was, and like all blessed mothers, are blessed because of their bedrock of purpose. She was going to raise the Christ child. And bedrock, this bedrock of purpose, this godly mom, she couldn't comprehend what God had called her to do. But they're, they're bold and blessing moms, and they praise their children. In Proverbs 31, I'll not read the verses, but her children rise up and call her blessed. Thank God for children that bless their mom, honor their father and their mother. But she also is a blessing to them and a great blessing to them. So uh, the, her bedrock of purpose was to praise and to, to uh, take care of her children and to, to, to let them know how special they were, how, how they, they are secure, and they'll always be loved unconditionally. So Mary blessed her children, of course, or praised her children. And then Mary protected her children, or godly mothers protected children. In Luke chapter 2, verse 19, the Bible says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You say, what does that verse have to do with protection? Well, when Mary realized that she was carrying the Christ child, she understood the awesome responsibility that God had called her to. And it's an awesome responsibility to raise a child up in the things of the Lord. And that song, I, I have issues with the song, but I kind of like it, I kind of, have issues with it. I'm talking about the Christmas song, Mary, Did You Know? Most of you know that song, and sometimes we sing it at resurrection time, that your baby boy would someday rule the nations. She knew that she had a special child, and she, she protected him, of course. She protected his other 
uh, her other children as well. James would become, of course, the writer of what we know of as the book of James and, of course, uh, the, the preacher at, uh, at, uh, in Acts. In Acts chapter 15, we read about him in more detail. So she protected her children. She knew that they were all special. And then, thirdly, bold and blessing moms, not only do they praise their children, they protect their children, but let her see they pupil their children. In two verses, let me just paraphrase. When Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day, shortly thereafter he went to something, it was the 40th day. The day matters not, but as soon as the days of her purification were ended, she took Jesus to the synagogue, to the temple. Later on in Acts chapter 4, verse 17, it says that Jesus went into the temple at the synagogue in Nazareth, because as his, the Bible says, because as his custom was. In Luke chapter 2, and I'm paraphrasing, but the last half of the chapter, we see Jesus at 12 years of age. His parents went up every year. They took the 90-mile journey from Nazareth down to, to Jerusalem to go to the temple, to go to the synagogue. What am I telling you? She pupiled her. She trained up her child. Can you imagine training the Christ child? None of us can do that. Can imagine that, but she did. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 8, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So she brought him up in church, is what I'm trying to say, in the synagogue. She brought him up in the house of God. Uh, I'll pick on uh, June was here this morning here in the 815 service, uh, June Ribeiro. And uh, she uh, mentioned about being raised in church every day of her life, or rather every week of her life, by her parents in water, uh, Waterbury, of course. Now she came to know Christ as Savior because her parents grew, trained her up in church, of course. God calls us women that are blessed to have a bedrock of principle, to praise their children, to protect their children, know that they're special, uh, pupil their children, take them to the sanctuary, take them to church. And then I want you to notice verses 46 to 55, and for time's sake on this Mother's Day, I'm not going to read these verses again, but in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55, we have what's called the Magnificent, or the Mary's uh, Prayer, or Song of Salutation, of course. And in these 10 verses, you'll find over 30 phrases or words that echo Old Testament teaching. She knew her, she knew her Bible. And our choir sang the song, This Blessed Old Book. My mother, I talked to her this morning, like I do almost every single Sunday morning, and uh, she, she prompted me or she told me that uh, she read this morning to dad, which she does almost every morning, the Psalms and the Proverbs. They've already had their morning devotional early this morning, and that's before 7 o'clock this morning. And I want you to notice that Mary knew the Word of God. And it's because she knew the Word of God, she had her greatest desire, and it also is the greatest desire of blessed mothers, was for her offspring three things. First of all, she desired that they believe in the Scriptures. Of course, we're talking about the Christ child, Jesus, of course. You say, well, he knew the Scriptures. Yes, he did. But then remember his half-brothers and sisters then as well. She trained him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord in the, the, the ways of the Lord, Third John 4. I have no greater joy than, them, than, than to hear that my children walk in truth. She trained him up in the Scriptures. We're becoming a non-literate society in America, a non-biblical society. I've, told, I've talked to young people now in their 20s and 30s and something, and they never have heard the story of Adam and Eve. They've never heard the story of uh, Noah and the ark. They've never heard uh, some of these 
biblical stories of the Old Testament and, for that matter, the New Testament. They don't even know, hardly know who Christ is. Many of them have, are no con, have no concept. Where for the first time in our American history, we have more, they're called, they're called noms, N-O-N-N-O-Ns. Non-religious people is the largest branch of, uh, larger than the Catholic Church today. Some 34% of all Americans claim no religious affiliation whatsoever. We're a non-biblical, illiterate society. Well, she believed in the book, and she believed in, Blessed Mothers believed in the scriptures. But secondly, letter B, she, Blessed Mothers, received the Savior. Mary received the Savior, of course, literally. And she bore the Christ child. The Bible says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are they not all, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I want you to know if you have a godly mother, a blessed mother, she wants you to be saved. Now, she can pray for you. She wants you to be saved, to receive Christ as Savior, but you have to be, you have to call upon Christ. Nobody can do it for you. And you're breaking your mother's heart if you're not saved. I promise you, if she's a godly mother, she's a blessed mother. She, they pray that their greatest desire is their child be, receive the Savior, that their greatest desire is that they believe in the Scriptures. But thirdly, that their greatest desire is that children live like saints. It's one thing to be saved, it's another thing to live like a Christian ought to live. And we're li- living in a day in society where you, you can't tell the difference between a saved person and an unsaved person, a Christian and a non-Christian. There's not a whole lot of difference between the two. Verse 48, notice it one last time, if you would, please. It says these verses, it says this, For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden, for before For behold, from henceforth, all nations shall call me, Mary said, shall call me blessed. She was a blessed mother. I don't know if you looked and seen the origin of uh, Mother's Day, but there's, uh, I heard on the radio the other day, Thursday or Friday was, uh, they're reading off, there's a number of different uh, credits to uh, when Mother's Day started. It goes all the way back to Roman days. And uh, the worship of the goddess uh, Sybil or Diana, or, uh, and they had a God, Mother's Day for the goddess. And we fast forward to about uh, 2,000 plus years, and we have uh, Julia Ward Howe, the writer of Battle Hymn of the Republic. And she's credited to help starting a Mother's Day. But the most recent and the most the accredited version of Mother's Day was started by Juliet. Uh, um, Blakely, or Bl- 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 yes, I can't even remember my own writing here. Bl- Bl- Blake, yeah, Blakely it is, yes, that's correct. From Albion, Michigan. She moved to West Virginia and she started at her Methodist church. She decided to have a mother's day. They had four and six children come and mothers came and uh, Wanamaker, the toy maker, heard about it. And uh, they said, this is great, and they started having it every year. It's interesting that, that uh, Juliet Blakely spent the rest of her life, she started Mother's Day, and she spent the rest of her life protesting against the commercialization of Mother's Day for the rest of her life as it got commercialized, and people like Hallmark came along, and people like, I'm not against giving gifts and so forth, but 
Her protest was this, and I want you to know that today, and if you have a mom that's still alive, many of you, I know your mom is long since gone, maybe you want to adopt a mom, but bless your mom today, today's Mother's Day, Grandmother's Day. Some of you don't have a mom to bless, adopt a mom if you would. Be a blessing to mom. But again, Julia Blakely protested. She said, no, you don't understand. It's not one day a year that we bless mom. It's every day. Honor thy father and mother that the days may be long upon the earth. God desires for us to, to honor mom every single day. And uh, blessed moms are those that have a, a, a right behavior, a right belief system, a bedrock of purpose, understanding why they're put on earth. And then they espouse the book and they espouse it to their children that they may learn the scriptures, receive the Savior, and live like a saint. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, some of us, are, some of us have already talked to our mothers. Some of us are going to see our mothers today or talk to them. Or, or many in this room do not have a mother to go to today. Lord, maybe there's some mothers in this room and some mothers said, Lord, of that raised some folks in this room, the Lord wasn't necessarily the most blessed mother. Maybe they're not saved. We pray for unsaved moms today. We pray, Lord, that you'd work in our hearts and lives, Lord, where we surrender all to Jesus and may we walk with you this day on this blessed Lord's day. May we honor mom, not just today, but every day we pray. Well, thank you for it. I pray these things and ask you to bless these moments of invitation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we stand, 153 it is in the hymn book. As we stand together, let's sing that first verse. If you'd like to come to the altar, I invite you to come immediately as we sing.